episode 14 of Vicious Talk with Benny P is part 2 of my interview with my good friend Mike Monahan. Part 1 went up last week, and that included some great insight into Mike's job as a corporate paralegal in Boston. So if you're someone considering working in a major law firm, you definitely enjoy listening to what we had talked about in that episode. We ended up splitting our conversation into two parts, for the sake of time management and categorizing our discussion topics. This episode of Vicious Talk with Benny P includes the other half of our interview. We talked about Mike's interest in getting into the food industry in the future and the possibility of integrating cannabis into some, into some of his dishes and all that would entail. We also did a new segment on the podcast titled Would You Rather and we had a lot of fun doing that one and we ended up wrapping that segment up with some good career analysis and personal preferences in our own careers. So thanks for listening to episode 14 of Vicious Talk with Benny P and continue to subscribe to the podcast at soundcloud.com slash vicious talk. Now let's listen to the Vicious Talk theme song and episode 14 featuring Mike Monick. Enjoy. Before I left Boston, uh, we were discussing the possibility of you investing in a food truck. Is that still um, kind of a dream, or is that kind of is that more on the back burner, or is this kind of still something that you're interested in investing in? Yeah, you know, that's um, that's that's slightly moved to the back burner for now. Um, I still think that the idea of a restaurant is in my future. I still think that down the road i'd like to do something in the food industry i i know how difficult it can be and i have friends in the food industry who say it's you know one of the most hardcore stressful environments to be in which you know i you might not think that but you know managing your own either food truck or restaurant can be incredibly you know frustrating and um difficult at times but I, I still think that eventually down the road, be it, you know, sometime soon and maybe as a retirement goal, um, I'd like to get into the idea of um, some type of uh, food establishment. Food truck would be really cool in Boston or, you know, any big city. Um, but I think for me, I would like to do something a little bit more stable yeah. first, have an actual setup spot and then branch out. Yeah, that's um, a super develop risky, a brand. Yeah, it's a super risky decision yeah, to yeah. get into the food industry at such a young age. Um, but we were talking mm-hmm. about it, and it's 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 a it's a fun opportunity. It sounds like um, that could possibly, if if you're passionate about food, and you're passionate about, I mean, there's a lot of organization skills and and hard work that goes into creating a good food restaurant or food truck. Um, if you're, if you're not going to be, if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to be successful in it in, in the end. And, um, you're going to, yeah. yeah, you're going to have to put in a lot of time to, uh, to do well and something like that. And someone who's young and doesn't have, um, quite the financial funds to, to burn on a project, at least initially you're going to be losing money, no doubt. in something like this. And so, Oh yeah. yeah oh so, yeah. So the, the cost uh, of entry for that is quite high. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you think you still think you're, you're, you eventually you might try to do something in, in food? You know, um, 
I think so for me, I, I am, you know, a firm believer that food is one of the few things that, you know, regardless of where you come from, what background you have, you know, who you are as an individual, food is going to be something that is a unifier between, you know, people, you know, good food and good drink is always going to lead to a good time. And that's something I uh, I personally grew up with, you know, my, my grandparents used to own a restaurant um food's a huge um is a huge part of uh, my family thanksgiving um we have both my chinese side of the family and my irish side of the family will come to my house we'll do two turkeys it'll be like a cook-off it's a friendly competition but at the end of the day it's you know it's just people getting together and enjoying you know the camaraderie of you know friendly competition but also just good food and being around people and i i i I love that. And I think for me, that's why I would want to get into the food industry, just to kind of keep that going. Yeah, being able to use uh, your work to make people happy is, is something a lot of people look for. And there's more food, getting into food and being a good cook or a chef is it's definitely one of the easier ways to do that. I mean, you're, you're, yeah. really, you're really satisfying individuals if you, if you give them a good meal. And give them an opportunity to yeah. have good social interaction with the people they're eating it with. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. the memories you can make over, like, you know, just sitting down and enjoying something between, you know, two friends or, like, you and, you know, the person that you're seeing at the time. You know, it's it, it creates memories. It creates good environment, like, like, good environments of just being, you know, there and enjoying something. You can also cause bad experiences, food poisoning, but... You know, we're not going to get into that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's one of the few things. Food and music, for sure, are some of the few things left that, and, and weed, um, that can really bring people together and just kind of bring joy and happiness, yeah, you know? Exactly. As, well, as, we'll as silly as that might sound. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of, of weed, of marijuana, you just gave a little shout out. Of oh, the ganja? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, your your interesting idea in, in integrating this into your into your restaurant or your food truck that you might eventually get into is it was a topic that I yeah I, it's, there's a lot of there's a lot of intrigue in, in it with um, the green rush um, a lot of states are starting to le- uh, legalize marijuana um, as a recreational drug um, yep and your idea which is very interesting I'm, and there's already there's already been a couple a few people who have started to try this. Um, integrating marijuana with with food, and it's mm-hmm. it's inevitably very complicated. Um, the legal aspect, yeah. the social aspect, and the, the nutritional aspect. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of hurdles, but the possibilities, if you if you pull it off right, are are very high. Like you could you could you could have a very successful business if you do this right. And I thought it was really interesting, and so I kind of figured you'd like to talk about it as well. Yeah, I mean, so you're right. There, it's you know, it's I'm sure it's more popular out where you are now. And I born on the West Coast. I know Colorado. It has a bunch of established venues that um, work with this concept of um, like gourmet quality edibles. Um, so I, I mean, when people talk about like edibles, you know, you think like brownies, or you think cupcakes, or you think you think sweets, you think desserts. I would like to personally get into something more on the savory side i would like to do you know 
I think something small like uh, like tapas or small like finger foods that you could have, you know, THC um, infused into. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit different than what people are typically think about when they think of edibles. Um, I want it to be something that, you know, going back to my, um, what I was saying about, you know, bringing people together and like creating good memories and, you know, good experiences. I think if you, you know, have something like a, a main course dish or like even like if you say we go with tapas and you have some some like let's just say THC dumplings something like that and you're you're eating these it's you know both quality food but also over the course of you eating this dish you start to slowly feel the effects of you know the strain you're eating and I think you probably want to do something more on the sativa side um, personally um, because one of the big issues is, you know, people reacting poorly to an edible. I mean, you and I both have stories of people who, um, you know, have taken an edible and just had terrible experience. So <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a lot of science that goes into it. You know, it's the dosage. It's, you know, the concentration of what strain you're using. What, what strain are you using? What are they going to be the effects of that? You know, am this I going to be having a body high or a head high? Yeah, this is a nutritional yeah. hurdle. I mean, you can't yeah. you can't be serving THC-infused food with the threat of people just – what happens if someone just gets too damn high? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like that's a real thing, man. But, like, you know, I think what I would like to do is, you know, now that we're having – since it is becoming – well, it is legal um, at Sears, but once we start getting more um, uh, dispensaries that are going to be having controlled um, – substances in the sense of you know exactly how strong this strain is or you buy the concentrate you buy like the oils you know exactly how strong that is and you can work with that to have it diluted to the appropriate um level you need because like i don't want somebody to like come in if i have this restaurant i want someone to come in and just get you know stoned off their ass and not be able to leave the place like that's a huge safety issue <laughs> like yeah. um it's well, yeah, there is a lot of research that needs to be done that I need to personally do um, if I want to get into this. Yeah. But it's there's inevitable yeah, market it's for something this. inevitable. It's, it's, I would say so. Yeah, because okay, so in Colorado, um, I saw this number. There's about it's over a billion dollar industry at this point in Colorado, and oh yeah, over sixty about sixty percent of the sales in marijuana the marijuana industry out there are in, in edibles. And so people, it, the social aspect is kind of people, everybody eats, not everybody's willing to smoke. So the, mm -hmm. the option is a lot more palatable to possible consumers because the people who aren't willing to puff, maybe they're willing to eat it. And it's, yeah. it, it, it's an option uh, for people who maybe, because a lot of people are going to start to realize the health benefits of, of cannabis and I, I don't want to argue I don't. I don't want to like bring up this issue too much, but there, there are. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, there are health benefits for for cannabis and 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 people who who maybe need it, and um, I think that it's going to benefit those people as a lot to kind of make it easier for them to acquire it um, legally, and um, the more I'm talking about, the more that it's uh, voted legal for recreational use, um, mm -hmm. but it's also going to impact our economy in a, in a positive way too because I look at Colorado I mean they're 
they have a billion dollar industry that just popped up out of nowhere, really. Um, yeah. So I mean, this idea of, of infusing food with with cannabis is is something that people are really looking into. Um, I've even read this article. I don't know if you got a chance. I posted on our on our Google Doc uh, template here for the vicious talk interview we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this guy in New York um, that had like a taste uh, taste testing. Um, like night with a bunch of uh, testers that came in and they had like a bunch of different courses with cannabis infused food. And he had a lot of different options with it. And I see that pictures of some of them and they were, they looked really good. And um, some of the people who weren't um, accustomed to smoking a lot or, or eating a lot of uh, marijuana um, had the option to kind of like, they, there was, a, there was like butter sauces or, um, like a chocolate sauce, like a mole sauce that they could mm-hmm. either decide to include with the course or not. Because if you have someone, like we said, that gets too high, you can't have someone super paranoid. That's what happens a lot when you get um, too too under the influence of, of marijuana. And when they, get, when they get paranoid, they can end up putting themselves in the hospital from a panic attack. So you don't want that for sure. Yep. But the possibilities of, of using this, this idea – um, to kind of mellow people out, give them a good experience with food, can really create an opportunity for people. You know, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, um, I mean, there's, there, like, I don't know. There's, there's definitely a lot of hurdles to be thought of with it. You know, because um, like you can't go to a liquor store and drink. The liquor you're buying there, like you can't open your Jack Daniels at the liquor store. That's illegal. So the hur- the legal hurdle of you can't sell marijuana and eat it in the same place. So that's definitely something to to you're, to, to, to consider um, the, in terms of the legal ramifications um, of all that stuff. But um, like I said, like we were talking about how food can bring people together socially, and marijuana can do a very similar thing and bringing them together is kind of an only a logical conclusion i think and um it's gonna be interesting to see where this this idea kind of goes because i don't think we're the first ones to to think about this you know oh definitely not and going off that like i think we're going to be seeing more um more companies and more businesses um created that are going to be totally you know new from what we originally thought was going to be possible um, and that's why I think, you know, when I wanted to do something with, you know, making food or going to the restaurant business, you know, that was my take on it, you know, because people think edibles, brownies, cupcakes, you know, sweets, you know, what about like condiments, dressings, um, other, yeah, you know, really side. Any, yeah, really things. anything that has anything. any sort of fatty um, component to it, you could infuse yeah. the THC with. And the the possibilities are really just, they're they're endless. I mean, it's really going to come down to the creativity of people and, you know, people trying to come up with something that hasn't been done before. And I'm excited for it, man. You know, when it's going to be fully like, it's like I said, it's legal now in Massachusetts, but once it becomes, you know, once it's up for, you know, consumers to go into stores, I'm, I'm sure there's just going to be a whole, plethora of you know new businesses i'm like that you can do that with weed like yeah exactly. never would have thought about that it's it's exciting you know exactly all right 
Mike, that was a great talk. Do you want to? Uh, do you have time to talk about this last topic? This new segment. Yeah, dude. Let's go. All right, buddy. So we're gonna start a new little segment here on the Vicious Talk podcast. Would Ooh. you rather? We're gonna have some funny this is brand would new you rather questions. This is a brand new segment I'm gonna be introducing. Hopefully, we can do it Ooh. again, maybe with some other guests. But Mike's gonna be my first here. Um, we're just gonna we're go. gonna start with some funny. Um, Diff, just different questions about would you rather do this or that, and we'll try to tie it back into the kind of job career advice theme of the podcast here. Um, all right. But let's get into question number one. You ready? Uh, let's do it. All right, buddy. So question number one, would you rather poop a bowling ball or piss a marble? <laughs> piss a marble. 100% piss a marble. <laughs> what if the bowling ball was – one of those uh, the oh, candlestick bowling balls. True, yeah. Are we, yeah, are we talking candlestick? Are we talking like the one with like the three fingers? Well, <laughs> Let's I, go with the candlestick. Let's go with the candlestick bowling ball. Okay, that one I think might be maybe feasible. I, I don't want to know if it is. Um, I'd probably still go with – I'd probably still go with Piss and Marble because uh, that's a kidney stone. So, uh, you know. That just feels painful though. I'm pretty that. sure a, I'm pretty sure a candlestick bowling ball dropping out of your backside wouldn't be a pleasurable experience. Yeah. I mean, maybe for some people if they're into that type of stuff, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody. However, I would I think I'd rather do the marble. Yeah, I don't know. This is a tough one. I might do the marble too. The bowling ball. I mean, does it go? Does your does your butthole like? Does it come back after that? You will forever be loose butthole from from then on out. Oh man! All right. Question number two. Would you rather? Right. Would you rather have vaginas for ears or penises for fingers? Well, I feel like sometimes I just get I do get skull fucked at work in general, <laughs> so I don't think I would want vaginas for ears, penises for fingers because I I can wear gloves. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I could, the earmuffs. Yeah. The earmuffs would be a little bit less socially acceptable than the gloves. <laughs> I, I mean, granted, I wear headphones a lot. I'm wearing them now. However. Um. Yeah, I, I feel like also there's there's probably a hygiene aspect behind that too. Uh, true. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna get real into this with you, man. If this is like you know the first episode, I'm gonna give you some very well thought out answers, my friend. All right, let's go on to the next one. Would you rather All right. have, Would you rather have your shirts two sizes too big or two sizes too small? Ooh. Uh, okay. Well, shirt size too. Two sizes too big was a style, so maybe I could. Well, it's still kind of a style now, you know, with the hype beast. So I'm probably gonna have to go with uh, two sizes too big because I'm not yoked enough to be able to be confident in a shirt that's two sizes too small. Um, so I'd probably go with uh, too big. <laughs> I'd go with you there too. All right. All right. Would you rather eat shit that tasted like chocolate or chocolate that tasted like shit? Oh, well, I mean, either way, I'm eating shit. Um, <laughs> um, now does it look like shit? Yeah, it looks like like, what I, if it's like it's like straight. What if it's like soft shit, like like borderline diarrhea? So like so, some some like nice like brown froyo like soft Hershey's serve. Bar. Yeah, but it tastes like a Hershey's bar. <laughs> tastes like a Hershey's bar, but it's got, it's got that nutty. 
I'm, I'm probably gonna go with uh, shit that tastes like chocolate. Is it? Well, actually, hold on. Is it my shit? That's a that's I a hope, big thing. I hope you're not shitting out <laughs> feces that taste. I mean, like this could be some like whole like two girls one cup type deal. Like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'd rather be mine. Oh man, that's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Let's get a little more f- philosophical here. Would you All right. Ra- would you rather... But the other ones are pretty philosophical and deep. Come on. <laughs> would you rather? Would you rather know when you're going to die or know how you're going to die? Ooh, this is this is an interesting question. Um, this is hard. I'd I feel like I'd rather know when because if I know when, that puts a time frame on my life, and that would forced me to do all the things that I'd want to do in life. Um, cause I'd had actually have a deadline, you know, no pun intended. Um, yeah. Yeah. The only thing to, but if, I think the, the, when is the more riskier, deci- is the riskier decision because, uh, what if it's like tomorrow, you know, <laughs> it's like, Oh, if ah, it's tomorrow, shit. I'm going on a robbing <laughs> and like killing spree and I'm doing heroin. Like I'm, I'm going all out if it's tomorrow, man. Oh my God. Um, uh, if you know but how, no, if you like know how you're gonna die. I feel like you're gonna live in fear of like what? What if like oh bears gonna exactly? It's like oh I'm not gonna go in the woods anymore. <laughs> yeah, like like that. That's exactly what I was thinking of because like if I know how I'm gonna die, like first of all I hope it'd be like fantastic, like something just absolutely like ridiculous, like piano falls off like a skyscraper or something just like <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but like that did machine accident. Uh, <laughs> vaping accident vape blows up my hand <laughs> but I, I think i'd rather know when just because if i have a time frame um i would you know i'd be forced to be like all right let's start living like better start living because i'm gonna start dying soon like let's let's do this all right next one would you rather be a superstar player on a mediocre slash average team or would you rather be a role player on a great slash contending team in sports? Hmm. Personally, I'd rather be the role player because, uh, you know, as a person, as who I am, like, I've always been more of a supporting figure. Like, in sports I've played, as a midfielder. I would, you know, in lacrosse, I would be setting up the guys to go score the goals. Um, in the video games I play, like, League of Legends or Overwatch. I'm always the support characters because I trust them to kill people. I do not trust them to heal me. Um, I, I, have, I have trust issues. Um, but with the superstar uh, mentality, like if you are the guy on the team that is expected to put up numbers and you are the factor for why the team does well, that's a lot of pressure on you to go out and be the best you can be. And for some people, they thrive on that and they love that. And I respect that. However, I'd rather be someone, I'd rather be more of the team player and making sure everyone is being, is contributing. And I'd rather be a part of that contributing factor, not solely on myself, just for the pressure aspect. Yeah. I, I love winning. So it'd be hard for me to turn down the role player on a great contending team, but being the, super, being the superstar player, um, you get paid more, so. <laughs> That's also true. Yeah. However, however, if you are the superstar player, say like you know, like say you're Giannis right now. Um, yeah, you're gonna be the man, and you're making bank. 
But if you're the role player, you might be making less money, but there's always going to be someone who wants you. So there's going to be more opportunities, I feel like. And if you're the superstar, you're probably going to be locked into wherever you are. Like, if you're, like, the guy of of the team, you're probably going to be locked in and there for, like, your entire career. Or they're at least going to yeah, try. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like the Russell NBA Westbrook, is a little different Russell right Westbrook's now. Russell going to be yeah. on OKC for a while now. I mean, would you, rather, yeah. would you want to be Russell Westbrook in, in, in living in Oklahoma City? Or, I don't know, like, um, uh, who's been one of the role players for uh, Andre Iguodala for um, the Golden State Warriors? I mean, I don't know. True. True. All right. I think I'd still go with the role player. Yeah, I might too. All right, next one. Would you rather have... Uh, an easy job working for someone else or work your butt off and work incredibly hard um, but for yourself? Work myself because... What if it's the same pay? Um, if it's the same pay, I'd still rather work myself because then I wouldn't have to deal with, you know, delegation and the person above me being a potential shithead. Because um, if I'm my own boss, I'm responsible for my own successes and failures. Um, and it's on me to be the person. And, but this is, this is actually con- kind of contradicting what I said about the superstar thing. But I'd rather work for myself um, because if if I'm working for myself, I feel like it means I'm passionate about what I'm doing and I'm going to be more invested in it. And it's going to be more of an enjoyable experience since I'm the only one doing it. If I'm working under somebody, I feel like it's it's their dream, it's their um, it's their vision. I'd be less invested and involved. Yeah, it's a tough one. This is a tough one, I think, because it is. Yeah, it, if your job's easy and and you don't mind going to your job every day, it's not that bad working for somebody else. It's not terrible. And if no working no. working for yourself, like say you open up your own restaurant. And you have to work mm-hmm. your ass off to make that restaurant successful. That's mm-hmm. that's. I mean, that's not easy. It's a lot of stress. Um, so I don't know. It's, that's an interesting one. I think. Yeah, I, I think for me it would come down to what what would I think would be more rewarding because if it's an easy job and like I'm a say like I'm a nine to fiver doing you know pushing paper or something um, something menial something that's not you know super you know interesting i'm fuck i'd I'd probably want to kill myself (laughs) like it's that easy after after, like that long of a time like doing it that long i'd rather be my own boss and work for myself because i would have to set up my own challenges and it would push me to do better because if i'm unsatisfied or if i'm bored with what i'm doing then it's really on me to fix that and make it better and where i I love i love when the work that I'm doing relies mostly on me, it's 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 a nice feeling because when you when you work your butt off and you you see success in the end, there's no really better feeling in in terms of the general the general um, process that is you know. Yeah, because you know you do it for you and you did it versus you know you're doing it for somebody else, and it you know. There's always going to be situations doing something to somebody else is always going to be rewarding. I'm, you know, I'm not saying it's not, but you know, in terms of what I think at the end of the day, for in terms of like work and a paycheck, I'd rather be the one setting up the the expectations rather than someone setting them up for me. Yeah. 
All right, next one. Would you rather have a horrible job for 10 years, eat shit for 10 years, like you're working your ass off and you mm-hmm. don't love it, and then, but you get to retire and, uh, and you, uh, in 10 years and you're a wealthy person and you're well off for the rest of your life? Or would you rather have a dream job, your dream job, uh, but you have to work the, until the day you die? Hmm. Probably the latter, the dream job. But, you know, I feel like with the dream job, you know, if it's something you're passionate about, you know, the cliche is like, you know, if you do something you love, like you're never going to, you know, um, you're never going to feel like you're working a day in your life. But, you know, if it's something you're passionate about and something that you're fully invested in, you're going to enjoy yourself way more. And probably health-wise, you're probably going to be a lot better off. Like, you know, people like who go into like investment banking or, you know, stock traders or stuff of a, a like a very high stress nature where they're just they're chasing the dollar and they're, you know, trying to be the next, you know, you know, millionaire by like, say like 40 and retire. You know, that's great. If that's what you want to do. But, you know, at the end of the day, like it, is it going to be worth it for you? Yeah. You can do whatever you want because, you know, you're retired and you'll, you'll have, I guess the income to do whatever you didn't have time to do. However, I think if you're doing your dream job, you're already going to be doing things you want to do during that time, you know, where you could have been working a horrible job, if yeah. that makes sense. You know? I think this is interesting, this, this compare and contrast, because it's very, it's very possible. I might go with the horrible job for 10 years. I mean, it's a sprint to the finish. And, but when you're yeah. doing, after 10 years, you get to do whatever the hell you want. And get to enjoy your life. Yeah, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's some people, and I think it would be tough for me to not want to just take the dream job because there's some people that just they 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 don't see themselves not working. Like, what they they, they see themselves like, what am I going to do when I retire? You know what I mean? Um, but I don't yeah, know. like, like look at Doctor Dre. Yeah, like, right? I mean, he the guy's still what is he like in his fifties, sixties, and he's still I think he's in his fifties, and he's still putting music out and working his butt off, but. Um, I think being young, I mean, I'm 23, we're 23 years old and I think, yeah. 20, I think the 10 year opportunity might, is extremely tempting. You know, you, got, you, know, you get, it, you get out of your, your career at 33 years old and you get to retire a nice, comfortable life. That's true. I mean, you know, also I, when you think about it, like I've been doing what I do now for like a year and a half, like, you know, in another six months I'll be, you know, you know fifth of the way there i guess so um yeah it's i i can see the benefits of you know just you know slaving away for like you know 10 years 60 hour weeks every week and then you know retiring to do all the things that you want to do in those 10 years um i i can see that being you know a a a beneficial or a uh, a uh a good route to go through personally i think if I'm taking the dream job route, um, I'll eventually get to do everything I want to do because I'll be in that environment that I already love and things I want to do will probably coincide with what I'm currently doing for the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, that's a very, you know, that's, that's a very ideal way of looking at it, you know, but I think I would go with the dream job. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. We talked about that uh, 
our, our career ambitions there, and I think that uh, this would be a good spot to kind of call it quits on the night, let you sleep, dude. It's past 1 o'clock out there on the East Coast. We're recording this late on a Thursday night, Friday morning for you. Uh, it's all good, man. You know, Friday's tomorrow. Got a Halloween party you got to prepare for. I wish you were here to uh, to partake. Um, and uh, But, yeah, man, it's been great talking to you, man. I Sounds like you're doing well out there. I mean, hey, you're doing the job that you like that you seem to love. So clearly, you made the right decision to go back out there, and I'm glad to hear that. You know, everything's working out, and that you're doing what you said you wanted to do, and it's it's panning out for you, man. It's been great talking to you, and I'm really glad you uh you know brought me on. Yeah, definitely. It was I was happy to have you. You were one of the first <laughs> people that kind of uh, helped me come up with this idea to do this, and uh, I was glad to have you. And uh, thanks for coming on with me, buddy. Yeah, man. You know, if uh, you know, love to come on again sometime if uh, you'll have me, and uh, love to do another Would You Rather segment. That was uh, <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that was a fun time. Maybe we'll have to come up with something else funny, too. We'll maybe, maybe we'll come up with something new, maybe. But uh, we can also do that. I can pitch you a couple there. ideas. Yeah. Yeah, man. For sure. All right, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll call it quits here. But uh, that was a great time. Uh, we got some great content out of this whole thing. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing um, how other people enjoy this as well. So um, with that said, Mike, got anything else you want to say? Or are you ready to call it quits here? I think I said everything that I want to say and everything that I could say right now, and I think I'm starting to ramble, so uh, I'll hop <laughs> off. For sure, man. Uh, once again, appreciate coming on, and I'd uh, love to have you again. But without further ado, that's uh, going to wrap up our episode of the Vicious Talk Podcast with Benny P. Thanks, Mike, for coming on, and uh, take care, and have a good time on your party lot tomorrow night, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, man. I'll have a drink for you. All right, buddy. Uh, thanks. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy. Right. Bye. Bye. So that's a wrap for episode 14 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Thanks again to my good friend Mike Monahan. I had a lot of fun doing this, and hopefully we'll get you back on the podcast again soon. So now just go out, have a great day, and always remember to be vicious. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.